Hello? Yo. Hello. Oh my god. Hey guys, what are you doing? Hanging out. Hanging out. <laughs> Whose voice Whoa. is that? What's going on? Hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the hip hop world, in this uh, in this episode, welcome to to number twelve, episode twelve of the Three Nine Culture podcast, live and uh, in living color. We um we talked about a um maybe a mystery, maybe a surprise guest. And look at that. Very next episode, we welcome Peter Josephine Long to the podcast. What's up, Pete? Yo, microphone check. One, two, what is this? The five-foot assassin with the roughneck business. Uh, We are obviously going to talk about A Tribe Called Quest. We have to. We're going to talk a little bit about A Tribe Called Quest. And um, last night's SNL episode, um, we're recording this on Sunday night. Um, We... We all watched it um, and have been listening to the Tribe album since it came out this week. Um, if you don't know Tribe Called Quest, and if you don't know, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but if you don't, um, Tribe came out with their first album in 18 years this past week. Um, we'll take it from here. Thank you for your service. Um, or we've got it from here. Thank you for your service. It's uh, it's so good. It reminded all of us um, of why. Why we loved a tribe called Quest because it was, you know, uh, an hour and ten minutes of the same thing, uh, just better and slightly older and without five dogs. So I guess it's not exactly the same thing, but um, it was great. We wanted to to dial Pete up. He's been talking about coming on the podcast, and we thought not no better time than uh, than after this week. Pete, you're a you're a hell of a tribe fan, man. Tell us, tell us what you think. Yeah, I mean, um, just I, I. So, so Billy called me earlier today, and I was walking to my local um, Chipotle to 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 get um, a chorizo burrito. And on the way there, 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 there's a bar. I currently live in Blacksburg, Virginia. There's a bar called Sharky's. So it's a favorite of, of of the students, and they were playing a war tour outside. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I've, I, you know, you know, you, you don't really hear many college bars these days uh, playing a tribe called Quest. It's pretty cool. So I go in and I wait probably way too long than I should have for my burrito, and I left, and they were playing track one from from uh, we got it from here. Uh, you, you could hear the sample. Uh, the the Willy Wonka sample in in the space program. And no signs of slowing. And I'm like, and I knew that we were going to talk about it today. And it was, uh, I feel like that was just an omen. Um, I feel like, you know, I've, I've, I've seen some some reviews of it saying like, you know, I, I, I don't know if I like this or not. But I, I don't really think that was really the point of it was to really be good. I mean, I, I you know, you obviously want to make the best work you possibly can. But 
this was just a bookend to probably the greatest rap group uh, ever. I I would say you know maybe maybe Run DMC, maybe Beastie Boys, obviously, maybe B Two K. Come on, come on, come on. As we proceed to give you what you need, you know yeah. I like it when your body go. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, maybe B Two K, maybe UGK. How about some UGK? <laughs> I'm a big UGK fan, actually. Well, that'll stop a podcast in its tracks. I, I, the Bun B, I, like I'm, I don't really like Pimp C, but I'm, a, I'm a big Bun B guy. You Did guys you didn't, you didn't mention the Wu Tang Clan. I'm a oh. Wu Tang. I mean, Wu Tang is my favorite rap group. Like I, I like, I love Tribe, but I'll go Wu Tang over Tribe. That's a Staten Island thing. I feel uh, like, just, like, right. just, just, just in, in today's, in today's landscape of music, you know, it's like, it's like who, you know, Kendrick, Kanye, Common. You know, it's like those guys like all came from from tribe and specifically from, you know, native tongues and, and those those groups. It was just an influential time. And I feel like this album was really uh, a, a nice a nice bookend to their career. I, I don't care. You know, I mean, there, there, there were a couple tracks that were, you know, some, you know, hit or miss. But, you know, at the end, it was just like, I, I don't care. It was like this was it. This was and, and the backstory of it was just really cool of the way it all came back together and. You know, I mean, just from reading a couple profiles, a couple pieces on on the making of this album, this is this album kind of kind of killed Fife Dog, which is terrible because he had to travel back and forth from I think he had lived in Oakland in the Bay Area and traveling back and forth to record. So it was just it was just a very very fitting end. Yeah, I I, um, I love that it it doesn't have to be great for us to love it i think that's the best testament that you can give to things like a tribe called quest because they built up um, so much stock so much credibility with their fans and the hip-hop community as a whole that they can do this and and we're ready to eat it up i i like it top to bottom i think the record's good but that could just be Pete, you're a slightly more um, pessimistic person than I am, so I could just be so excited that a tribe is back in my eardrums again that I'm just I'm just ready to accept the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we should talk about first things first. Why a tribe resonated so deeply with people? I mean, they were formed in '88, I think. Um, they released their first demo in 89. So I, I think they kind of got together the year before. And that was a time at which uh, rap is and hip hop were going in a very specific direction. And we all know that the 90s birthed some of our favorite rap, but it, w- it was all, um, you know, of a specific tone and volume. And Tribe was not that. When I, I was born in 1984, and when I first started listening to hip-hop, I started by listening to groups like A Tribe Called Quest. And and Pete, you, you mentioned some of the other artists that have come out of um, the collective that, that birthed The Tribe Called Quest. I listened to them, and I think a lot of people listened to them, because it was – they were charismatic. They were really talented – um, and they weren't singular in the tone of their their music. They were uh, they were really well rounded for a hip hop group at the time. So 
that's what got me interested in them when I was younger. Plus, I just wanted so badly to not be a white kid from the suburbs. And so identifying with groups like A Tribe Called Quest was, was really the best I could do. Um, you guys were, were white kids from the city, so you have a, a slightly more um, – and you slightly better excuse for loving groups like a tribe called Quest. Um, Bill, Billy was probably the one who could most identify with with the city aspect. Yeah, Pete's just from the beach. <laughs> yeah, but that counts. I was from Buffalo, New York, so I'm not not really from um, a place that that has its roots its roots um, deep in the hip hop scene at all. Um, but that's <laughs> that's what got me interested in a tribe called Quest and, and groups like it. Pete. I, I would imagine it's something similar, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say that um, you like them for for a slightly different reason, and and that is because um, they were from well, both of you maybe they were from your your home. Yeah, I mean, kind of. It was. I mean, you know, how VH1 used to always play those shows, like 100 greatest songs of like the 90s or like the 100 greatest hip hop songs ever, and they would do. Like this, uh, so like every day, like I'd come home from school and I'd flick on VH1 and like they'd always play these shows and and I like you know it, I mean this this sounds lame obviously it's not like I was like digging through my my, my dad's crates one day and 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 I found <laughs> low end theory and I was like damn what is this it's like no I I was I was drinking my coke and eating e- eating my my rolls um, just bread uh, with with some provolone <laughs> cheese. Um, <laughs> uh, because of course, obviously, duh. This is how I got in shape today. Anyway, yeah. so you know, I mean, I, I, obviously, my intro to hip hop was was Will Smith. It was Big Willie style, yes. and that kind of let, bled into License to Ill, the Beastie Boys. Those were like the first two real hip hop albums that I ever listened to. But then, you know, I'd watch these shows and i think i remember it was i think i think like it was check the rhyme it was was the song it was like the 100 greatest hip-hop songs of all time and like wow this sounds really awesome and i would just naturally as i would do as as i still do i would just dig into to what i thought sounded good and and to look into the artists and who was in it who they were influenced by and and that's how it all kind of started for me so billy lee see with me uh the reason i love Mostly all like even cute like the Renaissance Q Tip's last like solo album. Maybe it wasn't his last one, but the one that it came out my junior year of high school or college. Sorry, I I love it just because the sound. It sounds like every other Q Tip song, every other Tribe song, Tribe album, and that's why this like even on like first and second listen only, I love this album so much because it just sounds like a Tribe album, and I think one of the things I hate the most about music and i get it probably happens in other genres too but to me it happens so much in rap is that you you buy an album and you like it and then the next time something comes out from that artist it sounds entirely different because i feel like in hip-hop a lot of times you try to adapt to what's popular right now and so you get comfortable with an artist and you're like oh man this this is what this this music is supposed to sound like and then when you go back into it it's nothing at all like you remembered and that's like tribe never deviates from their sound, and I love that about them. Yeah, it was it was absolutely the first thing I noticed. Pete, I love that you used to watch VH1 and not MTV because you're an outsider. Yes, I absolutely um, 
agree with you, Billy. It was as soon as I turned it on, I, I that and I, I sort of like you hear the first little bit of each song you flip through, and and the second track on the album is "We the People." It's the first song they played on SNL last night, and as soon as I got to it and I heard "We the People," that stop, go, stop intro, I was like. Huh? Oh my god! Like it made my my the center of my chest warm. I was so happy um, because it's it's exactly what you you had come to love about a tribe called Quest, and they they started so fast and fell off so quick. I mean, they disbanded in '98 um, for the first time, but they put out five albums between 1990, between um, People's Instinctive Travels. And uh, 1998, when they broke up, I mean, um, as soon but as, peak, as... But their peak was so unparalleled, though. Yeah. Well, unparalleled, do you mean because they didn't sound like anything else at the time, and they no, became no, popular I'm anyway? Just say, I'm just saying, like, like, those first three albums, I feel like you, you can't, like, no other... I mean, I would say a handful of groups would would be able to touch those three albums. The yeah, so Low Entry yeah, and Midnight yeah. Marauders, you can't touch them. Yeah, yes, absolutely. See, I think that is more true among a select group of people who were listening to them at that time, though, and and the hip hop community sort of um, bubble because I don't think I don't think they made their way into popular culture until later in the 1990s after they had split up and that's maybe that's just my view of it but i think that's i think that's all right they were popular they were immensely popular in in the hip-hop community um but they didn't really they didn't really gain steam uh in pop culture until much much later until after they had broken up and i think maybe until michael rapaport's documentary uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, a tr- story of the tribe called Pete, Quest. Pete knows how I feel about uh, Michael Rappaport. Well, we love <laughs> we love Michael Rappaport on this podcast. The Latvian gangbanger um, was, yeah, a, there's, was a I fun mean, moment There's There's loving Michael Rappaport, and then there's my level of affection for Michael Rappaport. Yeah, it's it's serious. But but they, <laughs> they became um, household names really uh, much, much later. And uh, I think people, people, very much in the same way that people in uh, in uh, pop culture were introduced to them in the late 1990s after they had split up, I think people will be reintroduced to them via um, this new album and uh, their performance on SNL and stuff like that. Um, let's let's dive into last night and that episode of the show. Pete, give me your uh, give me your take on the whole thing. Uh, how how Tribe looked and sounded to you, um, Chappelle's reintroduction to to uh, the comedy world and, and national television. Give me the scoop. Well, first off, do you, you remember those compilation albums, uh, The Essential? I think like it was. I think the uh, Columbia, the record labels, like did it. So it was like The Essential, Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know UGK had an Essential album? I wouldn't doubt it, dude. <laughs> UGK has hits going back like twenty years. And, and Pimp C's been dead know, like 10. Is it bad that I only know International Players Anthem? Is that bad? Yes, that's extremely bad. Uh, a little yeah. bad. 
I guess I got a deep dive. Especially because there's like two versions of that song. Which one do you know? Do you know the one with the Three Six Mafia, or do you know the one with Andre Three Thousand? It was. It's the one with Andre. Okay, I like the one with Andre much better. That I'd CC all the girls. That I'd CC round town. Amazing line. Uh, that's one of my favorite, favorite UGK songs. Just because Andre Three Thousand's verses just fire so i typed a text to a girl i used to see saying that i chose this cutie pie with whom i want to be and i apologize if this message gets you down then i cc'd every girl that i'd cc round town and hate to see y'all frown but i'd rather see her smiling wetness all around me true but i'm no island peninsula maybe makes no sense i know crazy give up all this that's in my lap no looking back spaceships don't come equipped with the rear view mirrors they dip as quick as they can the atmosphere is now ripped i'm so like a pip i'm glad it's night so the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when i shoot the moon high jump the broom like a preemie out the womb my partner yelling too soon don't do it reconsider read some litter sure on the subject you sure get you know we got your back like chiropractic if that do you dirty we'll watch her out as in detergent now hurry hurry go on to the altar i know you ain't a pimp but pimp remember what i taught you keep your heart three stacks keep your heart hey keep your heart three stacks keep your heart man these girls are smart three stacks these girls are smart play your part play your part but yeah pete that's that's sad i gotta look up the song pocket full of stones pete should, should i buy the essential it's probably on amazon for like 99 cents is is pocket full of stones on there it is, yes. I'm looking at the track list right now. Uh, last night's episode of SNL was uh, was 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 great. I mean, honestly, I, I you know, I didn't. Is it okay? Is it bad? Is this worse than than uh, um, only knowing one real UGK song? Is it bad that I didn't know Leslie Jones was on SNL? Is that bad? Kind of, especially little, little in, bit, yeah. in, in light of recent, yeah. Another All question right. I was going to ask you because I thought you were going to say this: Are you I, are you a little too young to have watched Chappelle show? Uh, I was in middle school. Um, I mean, all my friends, you know, watched it, and you know, I I, I kind of got into it probably around like eighth grade freshman year. Um, I got into it just around like the last season. So, so, so no, I, I wouldn't really okay. say that. And then I kind of went back and watched all the re-airs on Comedy Central. Well, and uh, you could get it on DVD, too. I feel like when we were in college, even, like, the early years, every house I went to had that that set of, like, season one, season two Chappelle show DVDs. You could you could see it even after it went off the air. Yeah. Just so, just so iconic. And, I mean, you know, the... The opening monologue um, really was perfect. I, I wonder how, how many how many opening monologues of a guest have they been allowed to hold the microphone? Do you think Lauren Mi- like he had to get permission from Lauren Michaels first to like hold a microphone? Maybe. I also now you think of it, I don't you don't see that. I can't remember what he he said one thing, and then he said sorry about that, Lauren. Oh, it was when he he was talking about how he was um he was like I'm staying at a Trump hotel right now. It's great. Yeah. Maid comes in in the morning. Go ahead and grab by the pussy. <laughs> Tell her boss said it was okay. Boss said it's okay. <laughs> that was yeah. That was great. 
Yeah, um, yeah, but he, he, yeah. So anyway, sorry, Nick. It was just, it, it was, it was, it was just, it was excellent. It was very good. It was very, and obviously the the last bit was was very poignant about, you know, about giving the guy a chance and hoping that all the that he considers giving the disenfranchised people of of the U.S. Uh, a chance too. These people who had been historically disenfranchised, and it made me feel hopeful, and it made me feel proud to be an American. And it made me very happy about the prospects of our country. So, in that spirit, I'm wishing Donald Trump luck. And I'm going to give him a chance. And we, the historically disenfranchised, demand that he give us one too. You know, I, I, I mean, the, 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 the Walking Dead skit with, with, with all his old characters was, was just wonderful. And, um, I mean... His his the, the the skit with Chris Rock was I I think was 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 just the best out of all of them. I agree. It, it was just like it's just like no, I mean America's been racist this this whole time. It's not just because we didn't elect Hillary Clinton. Uh, that you know it's and it's so funny. I think um, I, I I saw this on I saw this on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it Famous was, uh, last but, words. On, but like Fox News, like shared it, like shared. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, from, from that skit, and and they completely missed the point of it too. They made it seem like it's like, oh yeah, watch watch Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock with with a bunch of uh, at a Hillary Clinton watch party. It's like, no, you're you're completely missing the point. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, like the top two comments, they completely missed the point too. It went over everyone's head, you know. But I get it. I get it. I loved like the the comments that um the guy the the guy in the room kept making like it's okay Republicans go to everybody knows Republicans go to bed early like all, all the like blanket like statements that people were all making throughout the night like no 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 he can't win like this is this is only happening because insert random stupid factoid that they believe to be true um but you know it, in a, once like. Hillary's voters are, and I think my favorite part was when Chris Rock was like, he was like, I think we could still take Wisconsin. And he's like, yeah, a hundred thousand of us, a hundred thousand black people come out to vote. And he's like, you know, those brothers love the Green Bay Packers. Like, it was just, it was such a, that was to me, like, like you said, Pete, that was the best skit of the night. And I, I, I was a big Chappelle show guy, so I loved the Walking Dead one because it was just, it was funny to see you know, Tyrone Biggums and Clayton Bigsby, Silky Johnson, all those guys again. But that one just made the most sense because I do think on election night there was such like a shell shock that a lot of people were like, how is this happening? I can't believe this is happening. And we're kind of going in a little bit of hyperbole like they were as far as like this is the worst thing that our country's ever done. Like that's not even remotely true. Like we, we've done some seriously fucked up stuff to Americans. We dropped, we dropped two atomic bombs on another country. Like, like, yeah. you know, this is, this shouldn't be surprising. I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually Chappelle just being himself actually on election night. If that was just him, like, like, yo, I mean, sorry guys, this is the way it's always been. E- even with a black president, casual racism is still, you know, around in America, you know, and, 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 and severe racism, you know, it's, 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 uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that was just actually him. And he Absolutely. was just, 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 just replaying, uh, his, um, just, just, just the way he was on election night watching it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with both the, uh, in terms of, um, what that skit said about, 
um, white people <laughs> because I just they're just the worst. God, we're the worst sometimes. Um, what about the I, Hispanic boat? It's like I, yeah. I also I, I, think, I hear that so much. It's like, do you hear yourself? Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I I I also think it it um brought up a really um, important point about Hillary Clinton, which is that everybody um, left of center politically recognized she was having a really hard time, as she always has, connecting emotionally with Americans, with them in particular. Um, but I think everybody was like, it's it's okay that our candidate can't emotionally connect to any of her constituents because look at the other guy. They can't possibly, when they, when they walk into the voting booth and they have to make the choice, I don't care how disconnected she seems, they'll make, they'll, they're going to vote for her because nobody in their right mind would vote for Donald Trump as the next president of the United States. And it, that, that sort of um, constant taking for granted that um, the Democratic Party did throughout this election cycle the last 18 months, we just kept hearing this will be the end of it. And this insane thing that he said uh, means his candidacy is over. And every time it didn't happen, no one on the left stopped and went, guys, this might be a problem. Our, our candidate can't connect with anybody. And there seems to be resonating with at least some part of the country um, because everybody just thought it was too crazy. Uh, everybody on the left thought it was just too crazy that anybody would vote for Donald Trump. And then election night came around. And while he was being elected president of the United States, and this is what I think the, the sketch where it really landed for me, while it was happening to us, we still couldn't admit that a portion of the population um, was speaking. We still, as it was happening to the country in real time, white people kept going, yeah, but this, uh, 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 this, uh, uh. like we kept doing that thing where where we kept coming up with an excuse um, for why it wasn't going to happen, and uh, and then it did, and then everybody was like, uh oh, we we probably should have thought about. Everybody on the left was like, we probably should have thought about that. So that skit was was really good, super um, relevant. I uh, I loved Kate McKinnon as Hillary Clinton singing Hallelujah. Um, to open the show, you could tell Kate McKinnon was was really trying, and I I think that was um, was really trying to hold back tears. And I think that was a, a personal thing. It seemed like in that moment you recognized that she personally was rooting for Hillary Clinton, besides playing her on the show, um, and knowing that that's something that she or, or believing that was something that she was going to have to do for the next four years at the very least. Um, but I thought it, the tone of it was perfect. Um, I thought she was great. I th thought the show was awesome. What what <laughs> was everybody's reaction when Tribe came on the screen for the first time? Because I'll I'll tell you what what mine was around the end, Peter. Uh, it was. I mean, over the last few days, I mean, I'd been going back, falling into YouTube uh, dark holes and just looking up uh, uh, Tribe performances. But I, I I think I think NBC, even though like Jimmy Fallon is obviously, as you guys know, as Jimmy Fallon is like known for like having a well-stocked YouTube channel, almost like, you know, hours when his show is over, like clips of like 
of his of him and his guests like from the show that go on the uh, go on his YouTube page. But I think for some reason they took off that the the tribe performance, which, which I think was back in 2012, um, when when they uh, when they re-released their debut, um, and and that was kind of kind of kicked off the whole thing of Fife and Tip coming back together. And I think I think that was probably 2011. Um, but so, you know, I, I kind of seen, you know, Jerobi and, um, and Ali Shaheed and, and, and Fife and, and, uh, Q-Tip and those guys on stage together. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird seeing Jerobi without the dreads. That was kind of weird. Uh, Jerobi in a leather jacket, not in baggy jeans and a baggy shirt. Um, like a Kooji sweater. So, yes. Yes. Multicolored, yes. like so many co- green, orange, red stripes, <laughs> Kooji sweater. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the, I mean, they haven't lost their energy. Certainly Q-Tip hasn't lost the energy. I mean, he still sounds great, sounds the same. And, you know, I mean, We the People was one of those tracks along with, uh, I think it was uh, This Generation off the new album. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This Generation. This. Yes, this these generation um those were two songs that like i you know on just just streaming the album i kind of starred those two like right away to like put into like my rotation of songs i need to hear over and over again Uh, you know, I mean, they they sounded great, and they un, unfurled the uh, uh, the the uh, Fife um, artwork art piece thing, and it was it was just it was really cool. It was just it really was awesome cool. how 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 they let his his voice go uh, is um, let let his verse go um, over you know with with his voice and. You know, because because sometimes they'll like 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 if Wu Tang is live and and they'll perform like Protect Your Neck and like you know Ghostface or Method Man will will rap ODB's verse, mm-hmm. but not here, not not in this situation. I think maybe probably because the wounds are still too fresh. But in in the event that Tip and Jerobi and uh, and 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 the guys come back together again, I think it could uh, they, they they might just leave it there. So yeah, I thought it was just it was it was it was good. They they certainly haven't lost it. I'm glad you mentioned ODB and Protecting X. That's like one of my favorite ODB verses ever. So good on yes. you, Peter. Yes, no problem. Good on you, Peter. Billy, did you think, as I did, that they looked old and sounded the same? Because Pete, I think you're absolutely right. I think they sounded so good. And and tip. He just he looked like just a slightly older version of Q-Tip, and I was so happy to see um, them appear the same and sound the same. Did you, Billy? Did you? Did I did. You, do you? you and you I think that? about that often. Like like someone like Jay Z. Like look at the Rolling Stones. They still tour. They're like eighty, ninety. Like they, they look like they're going to die on stage, but they they could still do that. Like. The rest of their life, and I, I think about that all the time. Like, can, is Jay, can Jay Z tour and like play his music um, when he's like 60, 65? 
Or is that going to be like weird? You know what I mean? Like, does that genre of music I mean, yeah. like oh, yeah. aspire like a little Jay-Z, bit? I feel like Jay Z had the body of like a forty year old man uh, when you know during <laughs> during the Hard Knock Life era. True. Uh, you know, true. The the uh, the Volume Two era. I feel like you know. The, I mean, the guy was never like built. No. <laughs> no. I feel I feel like Q Tip was actually like built, but like you know uh, you know. Jay Z just always looked like a fifty-year-old in exactly. some way. Or and the other side of that is that Pharrell still looks like he's eighteen, which is yes. he, he's aging back. He's like Benjamin Button. Yes, definitely. But I, yeah. I did. I thought they looked weird. But it, like, like we said, it's still kind of it sounds the same, which is cool. Another guy like Busta, like Busta doesn't age to me either. Busta's gotten a little like heavier, maybe. But Busta Rhymes still looks like Busta Rhymes from like twenty-five years ago. And still has like the same energy level. Yeah, he looks just like uh, Tip. He looks just like a slightly older version of Buster Rhymes. And I think part of the reason we're so cognizant of it now is because, and this is going to sound overreaching, but these were our heroes. Like it was athletes and hip hop musicians for me that were my heroes because, as I said, I wanted so badly to be anything but a white kid from the suburbs. Um, And so you see them now looking so much like themselves and sounding so much like themselves, uh, just a little bit older, that it makes you you happy. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as, and this is going to reveal further my inner nerddom, but it's the same thing as Star Wars for me. When I was a kid, these things, the Star Wars movies, hip-hop music, um, my favorite athletes, they were all things that made me feel like I was home when I was watching them or listening to them, viewing them in any way. And you only get honest, real nostalgia, that feeling that, that takes you back to that place from things that you love in that way that make you feel like you're home. And and. Uh, it happened when I watched the last Star Wars movie as soon as Han and Chewie step on to the Millennium Falcon for the first time and Harrison Ford's in that vest. As soon as I saw those guys on stage last night um, and the, the artwork, Fife's voice and the artwork that they rolled out that Pete mentioned, um, it, uh, it was too good, man. I, 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 was, um, I was right there step for step. Yeah, I mean, they, they were the essence of cool. You know, it's it's like when you listen to them, you felt you felt you felt cool. And I think, Nick, you kind of alluded to this earlier is that, you know, they were, you know, I mean, at least for us, I mean, they, they were they're still fairly underground to a certain extent. It's not like you're you, like there's, you know, the the regular kid like our age growing up. It's not like every kid was like knew of a Tribe Called Quest the way they knew of like a Run DMC or the Beastie Boys in that in that era or Dr. Dre or Snoop in that era. You know, it's like a tribe called Quest was a kind of an acquired taste. Um, can we please do a power ranking of of uh, of of hip hop uh, physiques of, of rapper physiques? I think. Okay, okay so last place, you, Rick Ross. You, young, <laughs> young MC, not looking too good right now. You know, you know, young MC used to look really good. Now he's kind of, fat, but you know, Fat Joe looks the same. Fat Joe's gotten fat Joe. better shape. Fat Joe is, is. Fat Joe looks way better. Yeah, Nas, I thought about Nas that. Nas is not looking. I Wait, think did Nas he get light got up? a little heavier. Yeah, nah, yeah Nas, Nas is doing well. Nas well, so at the top of the list it has to be it has to be like one and one a, and I can't believe. 
Oh, I'm, I know who well, I know who I'm going with on the on these two. Well, okay, so Let's but you see. have to because Dr. Dre is is at the top of the list, but okay, way so. after he was famous for being a rapper. Like when he was famous for being the guy with the headphones, he was in the best shape of any hip hop musician of all time. Okay. Different different I was going a different direction. Fifty we're gonna go fifty cent because that was number My two. My one in one A was gonna be fifty, but I think I gotta fifty has to be one A. Cause I think by far the godfather of of being jacked in hip hop is LL Cool J. Mm, yeah, yeah. That dude's yeah, like fifty, probably, may, probably yeah. older, and he's still. I mean, he's in the best shape of his life now, but he never had like a fat guy, period, like Dr. Dre kind of did. Yeah, because LL was when he, like when he was really coming up, I it was it wasn't really Mama said knock you out that made him famous. I need um, love. I need love. Exactly. I, and and then much later, he he was already famous, and then he made doing it, and then every yeah, yeah, female from yeah. the age of 18 to, <laughs> to 31 of all creeds and colors lost their goddamn minds. Um but that's a he good had a call. song, "Hey Love," I think it was called, with the um, with uh, with Boys to Men. One of my yeah. favorites. Love yeah. that song. I've been watching you from afar for as long as I can remember. You're all a real man can need and ever ask for, baby. This is love, This is more. Harlem at the Rutgers, I saw you with your man, smiling, huh, a coach bag in your hand, I was laying in the coop with my hat turned back, we caught eyes for a moment, and that was that. Favorite tribe t- track, all time, gotta pick one, and I and this is damn near impossible for me, but I thought about it, so I think I have an answer. Pete? Electric Relaxation. Oh, Pete, that was quick. Yes, I, I could literally listen to that song every single day. And find something different in it. Um, I mean, just, just, just everything. Just the sample. Oh, man, it, yeah. And 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 the videos is is cool as hell. It's like it's like black and white, and they're in. Ta- it's just so New York. It's just, oh, man. I I could, uh, yeah. That's that's that that's my one. Billy, I I don't want to go with scenario because. That's too typical, but like, I, like to me, Dr. Dre's "All You Savage Cats Know That I Was Strapped with Gats When You Were Cuddling a Cabbage Patch" is one of my <laughs> favorite lines of all time. But I think it's topped by "Busting Nut in Your Eyes So You See Where I Come From." To me, that is <laughs> lyrical genius. Like it gets no better. Like that's you know how many times I had to hear that before, like before I realized, like, oh my god, what did he just say? I had no idea. Like, this is, like, through, like, my adolescent hood. Like, that's something that just, it goes over your head. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, my God. Dude, that's, like, that's amazing. That's good stuff. Um, you hit on the exact thing that makes uh, Stirred Up, Steve Biko, my my favorite. Ooh. I, I, it's, it's my favorite because it has a couple things in it. That makes that made Tribe famous, and that lyrical genius um, 
Honey, tell your man that Chandler Rush should be a widow. Uh, <laughs> Tib and Shadi, all that five dog ditto. Honey, tell your man that Chandler Rush should be a widow. Um, the five foot assassin. So there's a reference to my favorite thing about Tribe, which was that they all had their own identity. Because the very, uh, not the very next line, but like two lines later, I think, um, is the five foot assassin knocking fleas off his collar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just. It makes me so it makes me so happy. Plus I love the intro. Lennon Boulevard represent represent. Trap called quest represent represent. Bugging yeah, out might be my favorite. It, I might go bugging out. Just the five I love foot that, assassin with the rock. I love that business. line, so I feel like I had to go. But bugging out and, and and there's also another five foot reference in electric relaxation too. Oh Is by there? the way, oh by the way, my name's Malik, the five foot freak. Same. Let's say yeah. we get by the end of the week. Oh Jesus. She simply said, no, label me a hoe. I said, how you figure? My friends tell me so. I yeah, love Pete. it. I love it. I love it. Pete, I love, so you have, love, you love have it. A, you have one of my favorite, my favorite shirts of yours is your tribe shirt. Yes. Yes. My tribe shirt. Yes. I got, I found that at, uh, at the Buffalo exchange in, in, in lower Manhattan in, in New York. And it's, um, it's, it's the famous Ramones logo. Uh, the uh, the presidential seal Ramones logo, but it says tribe instead of Ramones, and it says um, Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Jerobi, and it has the names going around the circle. Yeah, that's that's yeah, and it says like a ward tour on it. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. It's definitely definitely one of my favorites. Well, not and and it's and it's uh, it's not one on the list of shirts that my girlfriend wants me to throw out. Um, Is the move uh, on? Jersey on that list, or is no, that already gone? No, she she's not a fan of of the bear shirt. <laughs> I love the bear shirt. I, I have this bear shirt of of. It's just one of those shirts that you that you can buy, you know, like you know, at, on at at the local national state park gift shop. Those are the it's best of of like bears, like you know, reaching for trout in a in a in a stream, and, she, and our it's um, ugliest. Yosemite. Yosemite Park. We went to Yosemite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got one. I have a purple one that has a polar bear on it, along with the Aurora Borealis. Um, <laughs> I did some research. I don't think the Northern Lights slash Aurora Borealis are ever visible where polar bears are native to. But I had to buy it. It's a great shirt. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Pete. I have one. Another underrated tribe song is is another one of my favorites is Find a Way. Which is kind of on their crap album, uh, the Love Movement, which which you know not many people liked, but that song is great. Messing me up, my whole head teasing me just like Tika did Martin. Now look at what you're starting, schoolboy crushing it ain't on the the whole world see it, but you can't. My people's they complain, sitting raving rant. Your name is out my mouth like an ancient chant. Got me like a dog as a and pen. I love uh, Find a Way. It's just, it's just the beat is is so unique, and it's got the tiny. The the uh, the the small voice sample that that Kanye later made yes. famous for using in, in in his songs, and that just showed that you know the the influence that Tribe had on him and and those guys, and you know, kind of going back to this album. I mean, you, you have guys like Anderson Pack on there who I really liked. You guys like Me Anderson too. Pack? Very much so. Yes. 
yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, and and just I mean, obviously Andre and Kendrick and and you know just just those guys. But I mean, I just, it's just very, very telling that that a guy like Anderson Pack and Kendrick can come on and just shows that um, you know what kind of influence Tribe had on today's artists. When I was watching football today, there's a I want to say it was a Sprint commercial or maybe it was one for the Google Pixel phone. But there's an Anderson Pack song on like a national like a huge brand is using a one of the ones off Malibu I think um in one of their new commercial spots okay yeah really I really like Anderson Pack I love uh Malibu and Venice in February and March that's all I listen to at my desk on Spotify at work mm. it's good stuff that is and it, then is it the, Nick hates is it the is it a Nike commercial um, it could be. I for some reason I thought it was a for a phone, but I don't know. All right, we're going to the internet. Do it, and I don't. Like I mentioned this earlier. Um, have do either guys ever listened to or have the the Renaissance Q Tips album from two thousand eight? You love the Renaissance. I like I that. Remind. I swear to God, you could put any song on, and I am transported immediately to like October two thousand eight instantly transported back there like i that to me like i listened to the renaissance in the fall i listened to the album in october and november and that's like it, it sounds to me that's like a fall album like that's what i it just has the right sound the same way I used like to be, i i used to be I, one of those people who i really don't like now it's like you buy like one song on an album okay and then- you know, yeah, you people like, suck. It was just, it was just in, in the middle. Did you did you enjoy getting up? Is that the song you bought? It was getting up. Yes, yeah. yes. It was it was getting up. Getting up, come on, we're getting up, we're getting up. But it was just it was during like the peak of of the iTunes craze where you could buy a single yeah. song for nine nine cents and that was it was like it showed up as the most popular song on that album and I liked to try called Quest and I kind of wanted to try some solo. Q-tip stuff, and it was good, but I just I didn't really get around to buying the whole album from my local Target. Thanks for hopping on, Jens. This was a lot of fun. We gotta we gotta do it again. I and let's see if I can get it right this time, Billy. Mm-hmm. I am Nick Sakamano. The uh, Jack Wagons on the other end of the lines uh, are Peter Long and Billy Lee, and uh, and this was episode twelve of the Three Nine Culture Podcast. No, this was this was fun. I know I've been bugging Billy, and uh, I know Billy's been telling you probably uh, just uh, how much I wanted to be on this. And now, uh, now, now I'm here, and it's over. And I, I hope I can hope I can get invited back again. This was this was cool. Moral of the story, people need to know who Anderson Pack is.
Is it an issue if I make you nut? But there's no quality time, cause I forever grind. This is not an excuse, I just wanna get loose. That's old nigga jargon. Girl, you're making me harden. To a stone or granite statue, I'm prone to get at you. It's hard to break your defense. I guess I have to leap fence and scale wall and break fall on a tree right by your window. Reward me for my efforts by rolling this endo. As I nibble your neck naughtily, sex is a big part of me. Agencies want to audit me, searching snooping for sodomy. My thrust busts artery. I know you're on to me, just wanna have shenanigans. No one to make you mad again. So focus on the flattery you feel when I fling it. Acknowledge that I got it and you love it when I bring it. Dirty talk loudly, saying fuck this shit. At the queen's request, if it's gotta be, it's gotta be. Is this enough love that I give to you?